Hello and welcome to this episode of Tales from the Sea Sapper. Today we have the pleasure of having Eduardo Sebastián with us, an ex-sea sapper who graduated in FY21. In this episode, Eduardo shares with us his experience becoming a systems engineer without prior background in networking, being open to change and overcoming doubt, as well as the beauty of traveling solo. Hi, Eduardo. Great to see you. How are you doing? Hi, Laura. Doing great. Thanks a lot for having me here today. Thanks a lot for, for coming. And first of all, I would like to, to join you, especially this episode is a bit of a special one because about a year ago, I was applying to CSAP and Edu, you were one of the people that I contacted and one of the people that helped me to understand what Cisco does and if CSAP is the right fit for me. So one year later, here we are. So thank you a lot for, for being here. Yeah, thanks a lot. I, I love this because it's kind of we're closing the circle because I remember you contacted <laughs> me basically, yeah, one year ago. We started, you know, chatting in, in LinkedIn and then it was like, yeah, you, you entered CSAP and, and I was super happy to see you in and now you're doing the interview. It's great, great to see it. Yes, thank you so much. And before we kick off this episode, could you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey here at Cisco? Yeah, so that's a bit of an interesting story because I, I didn't study, let's say, telematics or or computer science. I studied actually aerospace engineering. So it's kind of a different path that usually maybe people take to to getting into Cisco. So basically, I, you know, I was getting out of university and I wanted to get into the tech or sales tech world. And I saw CSAP was such a great program. I saw it in so many different places. So I was like, yeah, let's apply and see how it is. And, 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 and we'll see how the journey comes up. And basically I applied. There are multiple, you know, phases that you might have heard about in doing CSAP. Then got in. I, it was actually going to be in Amsterdam, but finally it was the 2020 calendar year. So it was during COVID. So I had to do it virtually, but still it was such a great experience. We spent one year working with people, you know, all across EMEA. So CSAP experience was great. After CSAP, I kind of transitioned for maybe a month in GV. For those of you who don't know, GV, let's say a virtual organization in which you work with multiple customers across EMEA in this case. And you know, you help them, uh, you know, build proposals, RFPs, RFIs, and basically supporting the partners and the customers. But then after you know one one month in GV, I transitioned to the field as an account SE. Basically, account SE is a position in which you own an account together with the account manager, and you're called the account team, and you have a small set of customers. Even sometimes it's even one one customer, and you help them define their strategy, define their challenges, their goals, and how Cisco can help to solve their their these challenges. Thank you so much for the for the introduction. And you, from your year, even if you were COVID, it was nice that you mentioned because I've met a few of your colleagues from the same year. And it's actually surprising to see how close you are despite doing the program online. So I think it only shows how much the CSAP bond goes, mm -hmm. goes far. And I also picked up on the fact that you didn't do a networking degree and you did aerospatial studies. So how did you find the transition to CSAP without having that prior background? Was it a challenge for you? Yeah, that's a great question because first time when you get hired, first thought is, okay, if they hire me then that's because I'm able, right? I'm capable of doing this. But then you start the program and then you're like, wow, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be intense, all right? Because you come from no technology or networking background at all. 
And then you start getting all of these routing, networking concepts, cybersecurity, data center, IoT. So you kind of open your eyes into a whole new world that you had like no, literally no clue about it was out there. And then you start to to get more and more understanding. And then I, I like to make this analogy in the in the process of learning. I see it as a, I don't see it as a linear curve. You know, it's kind of more like a like a sinusoidal curve that goes upwards, of course. So in the end, over time, over the years, over the months, you you learn more and more. But it's kind of a roller coaster, right? Sometimes you feel like you know a lot and you've progressed so far. And other times you just feel like, oh damn, I should like really know this because it's so basic. <laughs> so it's kind of like, kind of a roller coaster, but in the end, it it all forms a part of the of the learning learning experience. So. Coming from a non, you know, non maybe network, pure networking or telecommunications background was a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, it's so rewarding because you really open yourselves and yourself and, and your brain to a whole new, a different world that you didn't know it was there actually. For sure. I mean, it's, it's a great challenge and I'm always impressed with so many different backgrounds that come from different careers and then are able to do CSAP and are able to get all these certifications. So congrats for that. We could consider it a great success. <laughs> but despite this, like during your experience navigating through this, did you at any point experience doubt or uncertainty whether like you did the right path or whether you were able to complete the, all these certifications? Yeah, so that that's a good question. I think we all of us we all suffer maybe in more or less let's say level, but we all find this imposter syndrome, right? And at the end, at some point, you'll always think that maybe you're not enough, or maybe you're not doing the right things to get what you want to be. But it's I think it's so natural and it's so important to normalize it and to to know that everybody might feel that way. So that's point number one. Point number two is you're always gonna have questions at some points. I'm honestly not very, this is kind of an unpopular opinion, <laughs> but I don't fully agree with the with the fact of you have to have everything so figured out, right? So you have to know where you're gonna be 30 years from now. And to do that, then you have to know what you're going to be 20 years from now and 10 years from now. And then you know what you're going to have to do tomorrow. I, I, I don't really agree with that. I think it's super important to have a goal. That's for sure, 100%. But I think you have to be flexible to know that, first of all, your priorities might change over time. And second, you'll have you know different interests over time as well, because you're going to know different things that you didn't know that existed. So in my opinion, it wouldn't be as coherent to have a super clear idea of what you want to do, but it's rather, okay, I know I like this, I know I like that. I know that I want to be here maybe two years from now, three years from now, or or maybe 10 years from now, but it's it, it can be flexible and it can change, right? And somebody once told me that you have to know your two next steps. I think that's actually quite a, quite a good advice. You, you say, okay, I want to be here and then I want to be there. So it's kind of some sort of a strategy, but at the same time, you're keeping yourself flexible. So of course, I think you have to, you know, believe in what you do and enjoy your day to day because that's why we are here, but also be open to, to change. Yeah. I really like that analogy because it also like comes with so much pressure to think that you need to know where you're heading and have that like fixed mindset. And I think it's a lot more relevant, especially in today's world in the technology sector and more realistic as well to have that ability to, to be flexible and open to, to changing priorities and needs. How do you translate that to your experience in your job? Like once you successfully graduated from CSAP, 
how was your experience as a systems engineer having this mindset of change? That's a very good question because, you know, I, I like to think of, let's say Cisco in this case, but I think it applies to any multinational company, right? Which is, it all comes into bubbles, right? So you have the CISA bubble, you have the Cisco bubble, then you have the, in my case, I'm from Spain, the Spain bubble, Cisco Spain bubble. And sometimes they overlap, other times they don't. And I think it's very important to know that and to know that Cisco is a global company and there are so many things that are common across many countries, which is super exciting to see, you know, such as, you know, inclusion, diversity, the, the, the willingness to help. But there are also many cultural aspects of every country that affect that culture in, in that, in that nationality, right? Uh, which is also great because in the end you get the best out of all countries. But I think that's very important to know. So basically in my case, I went from the CISA bubble to Cisco Spain bubble and many, many things kind of had that overlap. So that was great. And I was already trained for that thanks to CSAP, but there were others that I had to really readjust of, you know, the way we at Cisco work, the way our customers work, the way our partners behave. So it's basically all the ecosystem. Right? So having that, as we were saying, that willingness to, to change, to adapt, to be flexible and to understand that people are different in different countries, which is something that CSAP really, really can teach you. It's super important, right? So having that flexibility to change and understanding that people come from different places, different cultures, and we behave differently. It's something we, we really see in CSAP as well, having such a, a melting pot of cultures and backgrounds. You talk about Cisco bubble and CSAP bubble, and it really resonates with me actually, because it's something that I see and experience. We live in all this CSAP bubble. And then in my case, it has recently popped by starting my on the job experience mm -hmm. and starting to get into customer calls, partner calls and everything. So for people in my position, what tips would you give when we're at the beginning of this journey where our bubble has just popped? And what tips would you give? First of all, I'm also a beginner. <laughs> so I've been at Cisco for almost three, well, it's going to be three years now. So I'm also a, a beginner. I'm also junior profile. So any, any advice is also welcome. But if I had to say something, I would say two things. First of all is have the highest amount of empathy you can have. Why? Because honestly, I, I see it every day. It's not that I see it every month, every week. I see it every day. We, in general, you know, people, we lack empathy with others. We all live in so many different places, as we were saying before, different countries, different contexts, backgrounds, experiences. So it's so different to, to work with different people. The environment is so diverse that you don't have a clue of what people are going through, right? It might be the best day of their lives, you know, or it can be the, actually the worst moment in, in their, in their journey. Right. So it's very important to be empathetic, to really understand where people are coming from. Right. So that would be number one, right. Be empathetic. And that applies to people outside Cisco, as well as inside Cisco, right. In your team, in your country, whatever. Second, second tip I'd make is, uh, I'd make is be humble. Right. And this can be hard because especially when you come into a company, you feel like, and right after CSAP, I think this is a good advice after CSAP as well. When you come out of CSAP and you're ready to give your best and to add value and to let people know that, hey, you were hired because of a reason, because you're good, because you do your job, because you're responsible and so on. But it's very, very important that you're humble because one very good thing we have at Cisco is that people have, and many people have been here for a long time. And it's because they really like, you know, the company, the technology, because there's a, a great, great culture and they are not, they know a lot. So it's very important to listen, to be empathetic as we were saying, but be humble. And what I like to say, it's 
be low profile, right? So be start to learn why people behave certain in certain way. Try to learn why things are the way they are. Maybe most of the times they have an explanation that if you go back in history, you'll get the answer. So be humble, be low profile, and I think that you'll, you'll make a good impression. So I would say those two things, be empathetic and uh, be humble. Thank you for the tips. I'll try to, to implement them as much as possible. And I think that's something that is also shows of the Cisco culture, these two points, because from what I've seen so far, it is a very welcoming culture that opens your arms to new people and and makes people really want to grow and understand so i think being empathetic and being humble is a great way to navigate the way through and and find your way so thanks for the for the mm -hmm. tips because in in your situation you've maybe by using these two tips of being empathetic and being humble you've thrown yourself in the deep end with with many different projects during your time at cisco actually not long ago I was at Cisco Live, I was lucky to attend, and you were one of the presenters in one of the talks. And I'm sure that's only one of many examples of, of ways in which you found your way once you've been thrown on the deep end. So could you tell us perhaps an experience along those lines and how you navigated through it? That's a good question. You know, the thing is, when, you, when you're in your day-to-day you're working with, you know, you're working with customers, with your colleagues, with specialists, you speak to the BU, you're sewing your day-to-day -day job, right? Both more like from the reactive side of, of, the, of the sales and the proactive one as well. But sometimes I think it's important to kind of stop or pause or at least book some time in your agenda to, to think about where you want to go, what you want to do how you want to progress, right? So I was, I remember doing last summer and, you know, I had in summer, especially in August, we have a bit more of time in sales to, to think about our stuff, to learn and so on. I was thinking about, okay, so what's the next thing I could do, right? So you're uh, graduated from CSAB, you entered this new team, you learn so much, you attend to events uh, and so on. And then I was thinking, okay, what's the next thing that could like really challenge me and get me out of my my comfort zone? You know? So I was I was thinking, and in August they sent out the invites to go and present your talk for Cisco Life. For those of you who don't know about it, Cisco Life is basically Cisco's biggest event in terms of networking with people, presenting our new technologies, new updates to partners, to customers, to to to, to the press, right in general. And I was thinking, wow, it would be so cool to to deliver a Cisco Live talk. And that would be such a challenge, right? Going to to Amsterdam, presenting your topic, you're viewed as the SME, as the subject matter expert. And you're supposed to to give this, you know, this great presentation that everybody will love. So I was thinking, okay, maybe I should do this. So I was, you know, I was writing my my submission. And of course, super important, the people who, who helped me with the talk in terms of the topic of how could I present it? How could I speak about it? And I submitted the talk and after a few months, I got accepted. So I was like, okay, this is great. You get like the peak of energy and satisfaction of, wow, I'm going to go to Cisco Life. I'm going to deliver a talk. And then right after it's like, okay, now I have to prepare a talk. <laughs> how do I do this? Yeah. How, how am I supposed to do this? Right? Because nobody teaches you how to do it. So you start and then you brainstorm and you ask people. And again, you have these, as we were saying, the learning curve that is not linear. You have it across time. And then you, have, you think you're going to make like the greatest Cisco Life presentation ever. Then you think like, wow, maybe this is not enough. And then maybe you kind of get your way out. So yeah, you get to Cisco Live, you deliver your talk and you're, you're happy again that you got out of your comfort zone. So it's, you know, it's, it's very nice to now look at it in, in, in retrospective to, to see how it actually went. But yeah, it was a 
a very cool experience. For sure. And I mean, I think this links back to the what we were saying earlier of not having like a linear path to where we want to get to and being flexible with having different kind of goals and that the priorities change and welcoming different challenges. So I think it links to that. And also to the imposter syndrome comment we mentioned, because <laughs> I also find that many times what actually stops us from doing things that are not in our usual kind of skill set is just our mindset and ourselves telling each other like ourselves that we're not that's not something we do and i think that can really stop oneself from realizing the real potential that that one mm -hmm. has so i like your your example I and i hope to mm -hmm. <laughs> i hope to see you in more cisco live talks then yes <laughs> <laughs> i'll see you there as well laura <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> but perhaps along these lines as well, you also pursue your, like you step outside of your comfort zone, outside of work as well, right? And you have many passions that are not in your work and day-to-day -day job. Could you tell us a bit more about these other passions of yours? Okay, that's a very good question because I have so many passions. <laughs> it's, it's hard to choose one. First of all, this is going to sound very basic, but it's something that I really, really appreciate. And people like you who know me close really know about it, which is spending time with, with close people, with people that are close to me. And for me, having that quality time, it's just so important. For me, it's my priority number one, clearly. And it sounds very typical. <laughs> I know it's not, it's not unpopular. It's everybody would agree. But like having that real quality time with that people, it's crucial. And Quality time is taking the time to, to, of course, to be in person, to meet up, to listen to the others' problems, joys, plans, just everything they have to tell you. And having that, that relationship for me, it's key. That'd be one of them. Also, people who know me know I'm a huge fan of sports, especially running. Running is very special to me. But I know it's it's very very popular as well, very common. So I'll go I'll go quickly over it. Another one is uh, traveling, of course. Again, sounds super typical, but like really traveling, traveling solo with your backpack to you know Latin America, which is beautiful, to Asia, whatever country you're, basically any country you could travel to to any country. So that's a passion of mine. And finally, I'll, I'll, I wanted to, to, to tell this one because maybe it's the most, not, not special, but different one that I could tell, which is I just launched a podcast actually. So it's, it's funny that we're doing a podcast now, but I launched another one. Uh, I'm sorry, people, it's in Spanish, but still, if you want to learn, or if you already know, know it, uh, you can also listen to it. But yeah, in the end, it's just uh, the, actually this podcast. It's about spending time with interesting people, having interesting conversations of, uh, of their lives, of what they value, what, uh, what for them is actually success, failure, learning about any topic in general. It's very generalistic, but it's also a passion of mine. But yeah, I could uh, keep going <laughs> forever, you know, many, many, many passions. And I know, Laura, you're similar to me, right? You have also many passions, many things you like to do. So yeah. For sure, for sure. And it's it's a matter of keeping discovering new ones, as we kind of touched upon earlier. But I'm super curious, like, about many of the passions you mentioned. For example, about the traveling solo. Well, maybe before that, congratulations on the podcast. And <laughs> we'll be very excited to, to hear it. But perhaps about traveling solo. What is your motivation behind that? What do you like about traveling solo? So this is a very good question because 
many people they they didn't usually ask it you know they are like okay that's cool i mean cool that you want to travel solo but uh, not many people ask why i think it's very related to what i was saying before about the podcast one of my big big passions since i was a kid basically is to ask many questions i'm like super super curious people sometimes get get scared that i ask so many questions like man just chill <laughs> you have to <laughs> you're everything. an interviewer <laughs> <laughs> exactly it seems like a, exactly like an interview but in reality it's just we're having a beer with friends in a bar but yeah having you know asking those questions and i don't know i'm just curious about the world and the people it's just about you know why why do you think that way how did you you know ended up here why are you i don't know in the middle of the jungle in Guatemala, you know, just visiting this random park. I don't know, just whatever, whatever the situation is, it's just about yeah. knowing that people. And in the end, it all comes down to the more people you know, I think the more interested you are in, in learning about their lives and their cultures and how is it all comes down just to how different and at the same time, how uh, similar we all are and how, you know, being all human beings, but we just can behave so differently. So traveling solo ge really gives you that impression. Of course, you can kind of grasp it when you're with people, but going solo, it's definitely a very, very good way way to do it. Yeah, it gives you kind of more time for introspection maybe and to understand all of these questions you've said about people, but also about yourself, like what brought you there, why and everything. Mm -hmm. so I think it's very interesting. Also a sense of liberty maybe to do whatever you want. So I think it's, it's super interesting. Yeah. I think this brings us more or less to the closing of our episode. So sad. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> it flew by, it flew by. But maybe as a closing question, would you perhaps like to tell us if you went back to the very beginning of your life in CSAP and in Cisco, what advice would you give yourself? I'd say it's patience. I think it's, it's, it's very important to practice. And sometimes even when you think you're being patient, you're not right. So yeah, like really think about it, really reflect on the things you, you have the trying to appreciate, be grateful with what you have. And I think that that will help us because I am also working on this. It's not that I, <laughs> I have it figured out, but I think that usually help us to be patient, to really put things into perspective and to know what we have to value, what we actually do, what we have it's super important. So I'd say be patient. Things, many, many times things just come by themselves and many others they don't. I don't want to give the, the classical speech of no, things will just come your way. No, of course you have to go and, and reach out to them and fight for them, but still trust the process and you learn about everything, you know, good, bad things. And that, that's, that for me, that would be very key to have known from the beginning as well. That it's more of a, a work in progress and being mm -hmm. patient to reach your goals, the goals that might change and move around and fail and succeed and everything in between. So, yeah. So that's totally great. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything, Eduardo. And it, I really enjoyed the conversation. Congrats on all your successes. And we hope to, to have another <laughs> episode with you soon. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. It was uh, such an honor, actually and such a pleasure. So thanks so much and I'll see you all soon.